Welcome to Word Connect with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga, a teaching ministry where believers are trained to be established in the truth of God's Word. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.thepastormax.ng. Let's pray and get into the Word. Father, thank you because I'm anointed to teach. Thank you because your people are anointed to receive and together our faith is built up in the knowledge of the person of Jesus. I pray that light and understanding will come forth in and through your word. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Did I hear amen? Amen. Alright. We, we want to look at um, tonight the great start. The great start. And we are looking at the, the, the issue of responsibility and focus. The great start. The great start. Responsibility and focus. And the concept I have from the Word of God is the concept of a runner. Someone who wants to run a race. And that's why if you look at the flyer carefully, you'll see someone who is about to start running a race. And many times, people are conscious of the end results. Okay? People are conscious. They want to be wealthy. They want to be successful. But many people do not pay attention to how they start. And how you start is very important. If you look at, um, if, you, if you study the relay race, for instance, or any kind of race, 100 meters and all that, there's something called a first start. You know, sometimes people start before the whistle goes off and then they call them back. And sometimes also people are trained, okay, to start just to learn how to start properly. Because if you start out well, the chances of winning the race is higher. Okay? Let's imagine we want to run a race, right? All of us came here this evening to run a race. And then they said, on your marks, said, go. You just remember, oh my, we've won. <laughs> and then everybody's running and then you're looking for we've won. You see, the tendency of you catching us is, is you know, even if we're dull, I mean, we will try our best. It won't be like if you started at the same time. Uh, do you understand this? So how you start the year, uh, it's important. And more, not just talking about the year, your life. You know, there are, there are conditions you will be in and you feel, well, my parents didn't do this, my mother didn't do this, my father didn't do this, the government didn't do this, pastor didn't do this, God didn't do this, this one didn't do this. But you have to come to a place where you say, okay, fine. Now, this is the part that everybody else can play, right? My father should have played this part. My mother should have played this part. My church should have played this part. But you need to come to the uh, point in your life where you say, okay, fine. So, in all of this equation, what can I do and what can I start with what I can do? Do you understand that? What can I do? Then what can I start with what I can do? What can I assume responsibility for? Praise God. Now, 
Go to um, 1 Corinthians chapter 9, probably one of the scriptures I want us to look at from. 1 Corinthians chapter 9 and um, verse 25. In, in, in the Bible, uh, let me put it this way. In life, in terms of my spiritual work with God, my father is... Uh, my role model in terms of my work with God. Uh, in the Bible, uh, well, I know some very spiritual people will say Jesus is their role model. But, <laughs> but in the Bible, um, outside of Jesus, Paul is, I think Paul is one person I really um, look up to in his life. Uh, I'm currently about studying my master's in theology and I'm, I'm working my doctorate in theology is going to be in one of the Pauline epistles actually um, I, I, I like Paul for a couple of reasons the first thing is Paul was not qualified to be an apostle of the Lord Jesus Christ he, he, the man was a murderer he killed people if he were to be in our days he yeah, would, would have I mean the guy was bad but then the Lord appeared to him. He accepted the vision. He says, I'm like a man that is born out of due season. He says, but I labor more than you all. The man put on effort. And by the end of his life, he wrote to third of the New Testament. Peter walked with Jesus. Peter was only first and second Peter. Short epistles. Bartholomew, we don't know what happened to him. You know, you know Jesus had a disciple called Bartholomew? Eh? The man, <laughs> Judas, the guy was busy doing, putting on his status. Jesus for sale, original Jesus. <laughs> DM for price. <laughs> say, Are you sure he's the one we're looking for? Say, yes, he's the Messiah. DM for price. The guy was busy trading Jesus like, a, like Bitcoin, right? Jesus crypto available. DM. <laughs> But this man came, got a revelation of Jesus, put his heart to it. Put his heart to it. Not only did Apostle Paul write to third of the New Testament, he raised up people like Timothy. He took Timothy, he went to preach somewhere, saw Timothy. Timothy's father was Greek, wasn't a believer. His mother was the one that taught him. So that's why you didn't find the presence of Timothy's father a lot in his life. It was actually his mother and his grandmother that taught him the faith. So Apostle Paul came in as his spiritual father. And fathered that young man and sent him to Ephesus. Um, to yeah, to Ephesus. And Timothy was pastoring a church, and he raised up Titus, planted churches, wrote two third of the New Testament, shook the Roman government to its foundation. I like him. <laughs> it's one life you have to live. Live it well. Praise God. Now, First Corinthians nine twenty five. It says. Everyone competes in the games. He was, he was talking about the Christian race. Everyone, sorry, who competes in the games exercises self-control in all things. They, they, they then do it to receive a perishable wreath. But we, an imperishable one. So he was talking about the Christian race. But the first time I stumbled on this verse, two verses actually helped my focus 
Or lamentations is one of them. It says it's good for a man to bear his yoke when he's young. Hmm? There are things you can bear now because you're young. <laughs> and then this one. But I like it in the kingdom's version, where that's the one that stuck on my head. It said the man who competes is temperate in all things. That's what the kingdom's version says. Okay? It's temperate in all things. The New American Standard Version says... Uh, and everyone who competes in the games exercises self-control in all things. Self-control in all things. I want you to underline that um, or, or, or write it in your notes. Uh, those of you who use phone Bibles, I'm sure there's something to underline there or mark or something. Highlight it. Exercises self-control in all things. Now, I need to follow me, right? It says the man exercises, which is an act of his will, self-control in how many things? In all things, don't miss that because that's the key to the message tonight. He exercises self control in all things. All things. That's important. We're going to come to there. Now, let's go to uh, the same verse, the Amplified Version, or the Good News. It says, Every athlete in training submits to strict discipline in order to be crowned with a wreath that will not last, but we do it for the one that will last forever. That means, it says, uh, These. Athletes do it for a perishable crown. How many of you saw the video of uh, Mac Tyson? It made rounds a few, a few months ago, right? Somebody took him to all the belts he won. And they were asking him, what's this? And he was like, oh, well, these are just pieces of trash and everything. You know, the value is gone. The value is gone from it. Now... Paul says, these guys discipline themselves in all things to be able to win this. He says, but we do it for something more eternal. That's why it's always a privilege to serve God. Because what we're doing is eternal. Now, the good news translation says, okay, I talked about that, amplified. Therefore, verse 26 says, therefore, I do not run without a definite goal. I do not... Flay around like one beating the air, just shadow boxing. That's verse 26. Now, I want to read verse, verse 25 uh, from the Amplified. Now, every athlete who goes into training conducts himself temperately and restricts himself in all things. Restrict himself in all things. The Amplified. In everything, there is a restriction you must put on yourself if you want to. Win in life. There's got to be restrictions. And mo most of the times in uh, this phase of life that we are, it's a phase where, you know, maybe you're growing from your parents' home. They say, don't watch TV. Don't do this. Don't do this. Hey, come and watch plays. Hey, don't watch plays. You, you feel that whole sense of control, right? And then you get into the university or you get out of your parents' house. Now, you can go home anytime you like. You can talk to anyone you like. You can watch whatever you like. It's a phase where there is absolute freedom in that sense. You, you get what I'm trying to say? But it's the most important phase where you now have to determine the restrictions you have to put on yourself. Because now nobody is going to put those restrictions on you. So you have to. That's why we talked about the word. He exercises an act of your will. Exercises self-control in all things. 
Because right now, you can do, I mean, you can choose not to come and nobody's, I mean, if you were a teenager and you said, they have a program in church and you say, I'm not going. Right. My friend, go to the program. <laughs> you know? But right now, if you say you're not going, nobody's going to, even if I'm your pastor, I'm not going to call you and say, hey, why, don't, why didn't you come and everything. I mean, I'll, I might just ask you, why didn't you come? Whatever you tell me, I'll believe and then I can't force you. So, the age where we, have, where we experience, where we have um, what, what looks like so much freedom, it's the age where we have to exercise restrictions. Discipline is not a bad word. You've got to learn it. To be disciplined is not a bad word. Now, uh, for instance, in the Greek uh, culture, where Paul was writing from, if an athlete wants to compete for Olympics, hmm? right? Um, you know how they call, you know athletes, right? Like uh, all those Olympics athletes. You know, one of the things the scripture says, lay aside every weight that easily besets you. You know, it was using the example of that Olympic athlete. If you watch people who run, they are almost like it's pants they are wearing. Even the pants is not thick. Because they, they don't want to, I mean, nothing. You can't dress like this now. Say you're going for Olympics. They would think that maybe you came to hold the bag of the person running. They don't take you serious. Praise God. Or have you seen any lady who is going to run Olympics and then has very big, you know, has big wigs on and gown, flowing gown. And they will not take you serious. You, they might not even allow you past the gate. Why? Because there is a sense of discipline that comes with anybody who is competing in that race. You see, the thing you must know in life is that for your life, there is a set of discipline required. Are, are you following this? Come on, I said, are you following this? Now, uh, for the athletes, for them to qualify for the Olympics, they have to train for 10 months. 10 months before they can qualify. They have to train for 10 months before they can qualify. You know, as we are here now, we cannot just match. You know, we like to match in this country. We cannot just match. Maybe there's an Olympic going on uh, in China. And then they have selected people already. You now match and say, no, the, the selection is not balanced. We are from Boni. We, we the Boni people demand that our pastor must run. <laughs> now, if you demand that way, it doesn't mean if they put me there, I'll win the race. Because winning the race... Is, is a whole lot of job from just that you demand. These are my six points demand. Number one, pastor must run. Number two, pastor must be in late three. Number four, pastor must wear green shirts. It doesn't qualify me for anything. The discipline to win the race is not something that people can put on you. Listen to me carefully. The discipline to win in life, somebody can't give it to you. You have to have it. You have to go through it yourself. Are you here? You have to go through with yourself. The discipline to win in life. You have to personalize it. Follow me now. And go through it yourself. So they train for like 10 months. Now, one of the things that would make you excel in what we're talking about is the right motives. Whatever you want to achieve, why do you want to achieve it? Why do you want to go to that school? Why do you want to be a pastor? Why do you want to serve in the church? Why do you want to own money? You know, have a lot of money and all of that. You must have the right motives. Number two, you must have the right values. The right values. 
Pay attention to this. You must have the right values. Right values. Number three, and you must have the right habits. The right motive, the right values, and the right what? Habits. Your habits form your life. Your habits form your life. They are the foundation that you're building your life on. Your habits are the foundation you are building your life on. One athlete, he said he wanted to become a very successful athlete. He wanted to become a very successful athlete. And so he went to his coach one day and asked his coach, what can I, what can I possess? What, what must I do to be a successful athlete? The coach told him, you need to possess three Ds. Number one, discipline. Number one, discipline. You need to possess discipline. Number two, dedication. Dedication. You must be dedicated. You must be dedicated. And number three, determination. Discipline, dedication, and determination. You must be determined. You must determine in your heart, I want to get this. I want to be this. You, you're going to face many challenges in life that would want to throw you off your goal. You know, when you're running, you're running against the wind. You're running against the force of gravity. You've got to push. And um, in pushing, at times you will get tired. At times people will frustrate you. Praise God. Come on, I said, praise God. You know, um, because of the way I grew up in training myself and developing myself, you know, sometimes, most times when people are having some relationship issues, I always recommend that they talk with my wife. My wife is a bit more patient in helping them. Okay, so... Alright, what's going on? Okay, I see. Uh, because for me, <laughs> you know, if I'm in a relationship with someone, I know what I want. I know what is going to work. I know what will not work. And then, I don't expect to be in a relationship for five years. I don't expect that. He said, well, we want to start when we're 100 levels so that by the time we, we graduate, we'll meet in final year. I, I don't have that energy. Because it's work. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. Serious relationship is a lot of work. Except you have emotions and time to waste. You know, some people have excess emotions and people have excess time to waste. If you're really serious, a serious relationship would require your time, would require your focus, would require your energy. And you're going to have that for six years or five years. And sometimes uh, people would see that this relationship is not heading anywhere and they are holding on to 
The holding on to the last plank, I will not give up. I will not. No, sometimes you have to give up and move on. You know, sometimes I find it very funny. <laughs> I've told you about red flags. You see all the red flags. You are still confessing, no, it will be green. I know what I mean. No, don't do that. Don't do that. You can't change people. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You can't change people. You know, my, my wife now, when we were dating, I, well, I don't know how, whatever English you want to use, because I didn't have all those stuff. And um, we, when, I, when we met the dad, the dad was like, oh, he doesn't want anybody to marry from Delta State. I said, okay, we're going to pray, and we're going to trust God, and, and believe God together. Six months, we know we should be married. If your father does not agree by, in six months, then we just find our way. You will cry, I will cry, we'll be, done, we'll be fine. I mean, if God doesn't answer my prayer in six months... <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure you do it in one year. <laughs> I mean, and in less than six months, miraculously, I went to preach in another church in Abuja, and I was just—I finished preaching. I was a guest minister. I finished preaching, and the man, you know, a man walked up to me and was like, "Oh, so what's going on? Everything?" So he said, "Oh, I'm from Kogi." I'm like, "Oh, okay, that's where I plan to marry from." And your people don't want me to marry. He said, "Oh, what's the issue?" So I said, "Well, my parent." Well, then, as I said, my parents are fine, but her parents are like, she can't marry somebody from Delta State. So, oh, okay, which? I mentioned the village. Oh, I know. The man went on his own without us paying him, without us asking him, went on his own, met the father, my father-in-law, and said he knows me, I'm a good person and everything. And, of course, because he was from that village, then my father-in-law was okay. I mean, God answered our prayers. But if in six months there was something like that, I probably wouldn't, wouldn't... Because... You can't keep your life on hold when you need to make decisions. And I find that all the time with people. And this is one advice I'll give you. We're going to talk about self-control when it comes to sex. This is one advice I'll give you. If you're not ready to get married, don't get into a relationship. You don't need it. Are you hearing what I'm saying? I know you will not hear. That's why we're recording it. Because on the judgment day, God is going to play this message for you. I say, Sister John will come here. Did you hear Pastor's voice? And then he'll show you. I say, see you there. You were sitting on the second seat. I know you won't hear. Don't worry. <laughs> Praise God. Now, look at this. Let's go on now. The first thing you have to determine is your end goal. Your end goal. Now, when you start to run a race, you cannot start a race where there is no finish line. Are you following what I'm saying? For instance, if they say, we're running 100 meters. Of course, you know that by 100 meters, this race you finish. Imagine, you imagine you're going to run a race. They say, on your mat. He said, how many meters? I said, just run. <laughs> yeah, yeah, hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> he said, just be running. We will tell you when to stop. No. Because if I'm going on my knees and I'm going to run this race, the first thing I want to know is where am I stopping? What's my goal? Is it a 100 meter race? Is it a 200 meter race? Is it a 4x4 relay race? Where, where is the goal? 
And amazingly, amazingly, many young people do not have an end goal. What's your end goal? What's your goal? Where do you want to finish? What is it for you? And and this is very important. Paul says, I am running with an eternal mindset. I'm not doing whatever I'm doing because of a perishable crown. I'm running because of an imperishable crown. I'm seeing something that is invisible. I'm seeing something that is heavenly. Are you with me? So, what is your end goal? So you cannot go to a relay race and they say, all of you run. They say, on your max set. You say, where are we ending? They say, just run. We will tell you. You say, oh God, I'm not running. There must be a goal. You're not Abraham. Even if Abraham, God says, I'll show you the land. So the first thing is, what's your end goal? What's your end goal? There's a story of a young lady here. Her name is Gabby Douglas. Well, I, I actually, this is um, Brother Copeland's magazine, Believer's Voice, Voice of Victory magazine. I started receiving the Voice of Victory magazine in 1999. My first copy was in 1999, August. I have every single edition from 1999 up until last year. I keep all of them. And this, is one, this one is January 2015 edition. By... Um, there was this lady called Gabby Douglas. She won the American... Uh, she was the first American gymnast to win gold in both individual all-round Olympics. She was, she was young. But I want to read... I'll be reading a couple of things from her story, but there's something about the end goal for her. She said when she watched the Olympic... Um, the, the, one of the Olympics, it came to her mind... Okay... Um, let's, I wanted to say verse There's no verse here <laughs> Okay, so I'm just reading from her He said, I always had a passion to just do flips But watching the 2004 and 2000 Olympics Is what inspired me to want to go to the Olympics Gabby remembers Before that, I did not really know I was doing gymnastics I was just doing flips for fun Then one day I was watching the Olympics And saw a girl doing a particular skill That I was doing And I thought that could be me At the Olympics you see, she had an end goal. She, when she saw that, it resonated with an image in her heart. That could be me. That could be me. You see, if you don't have an end goal, listen carefully, it will be easy to let go your discipline. What's your end goal? I remember 2001, sitting at uh, the, the, the Lagos Stadium, and Matthias Shimolo had this program called Winning Ways. And I saw a whole lot of preachers that day. Mike Mudok, Robert Kayanja, Mensal um, Otabil, Reverend Samademe, Paul Adeferansen. And, and all these awesome preachers that Pastor Matthew Ashimolo were bought. I was, I, I was just getting, I was in my 100 levels. I was going to 200 levels in the university. And as I sat there, I had deep within me, this is what I should be doing for the rest of my life. He painted an end goal. It painted an end goal. Come on, are you here? Are you here? There must be an end goal. Don't just say, I just want to hammer. No, there's no goal like that. What's your end goal? What, what vision? What is that place you want to end up? 
You see, most most times you 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 have to cajole people to be disciplined because there's really no end goal. You know, when you ask a lot of young people in our age, what they just want is money. I just want you know, people just say, I just want to be rich, let me be able to take care of my parents. I just want to be rich, let me be able to take care of my mother. My mother suffered for me, I just want to have money to take care of her. You see, it's good, but that I don't think that's that that is a, is strong enough a motivation. Because by the time you fulfill your purpose, you'll discover that you would have money not just to take care of your mother, but to take care of many other people. But you must have a strong goal. Okay? Now, it says you have to be temperate in all things. You have to be disciplined in all things. Let me read something about this girl for you. Still the same Gabby, Olympic champion. She's, she's got three books. She's written three books. There are three books about her life. Um, there are three books about her biography that you can, if you want to read, you can go look for and read. But interestingly, she's, they are partners to Brother Copeland. Okay? Now, still the same Gabby. At a time, this, this is something about her story. At a time when, like most young girls at age, should have still been celebrating turning 16. Contemplating the excitement of boys and dating and anticipating getting a driver's license, Gabriel Douglas was facing the biggest challenge of her young life. Ignoring the sea of television cameras recording her every move as she stepped out into the grandest stage Olympic competition has to offer, Gabriella or Gabby, as she has come to be known, had only one thing in mind. Now, it talks about the discipline where actually, and I read it here, actually she was doing this Olympics thing and she needed to... She needed to go compete in, 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 uh, in the Olympics. But there was a particular skill she needed to learn. And the only person who was very good in that skill was in China. And she had to leave U.S. and stay with this person for two years in China just to learn that. But there's something they, they wrote here. It says, her body ached. The result of hours upon hours of intense training and practice and injuries... She suffered leading up to the competition. Her heart ached too due to the loneliness of being more than a thousand miles away from her family for nearly two years while she was training. Look at the price she had to pay. Hours upon hours. You know, like Paul was saying, they do this for a perishable crown. Hours upon hours. She had to leave her family, go to a particular coach in China for two years to train to be able to win the Olympics. And that's one of the first things I want to talk about. When we talk about being disciplined in all things, the first thing is you've got to have a period of separation to own your vision. A period where you are separated to own the vision so that the vision becomes part of your life. So you're not changing your vision every year. You're not changing your goal every year. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You have to separate yourself. It happened to Apostle Paul. The Bible says in Galatians chapter 1 verse 17. It says, Nor did I go up to Jerusalem to those who were apostles before me. But I went away to Arabia and returned once more to Damascus. When Paul got a revelation of the new creation realities. Uh, history had it that he stayed in Arabia for three years owning the vision. And after that, he came. Do you own that vision? God has called you to serve. 
God has called you to lead teenagers. God has called you to be a businessman. You want to be a great man in life. Have you separated yourself to own that vision? In your waking hours, does that vision motivate your discipline? Or is it just one of those careless goals? You know, people change their goals all the time. Because they haven't separated themselves. Are you still here? Come on, talk to me. Are you still here? Separating yourself to own that vision. To be separated. Jesus separated himself. This young lady had to separate herself for that intense training. You see, sometimes when athletes, right? Those of you who watch football, when they want to go to go and play football match, hmm? what do they do to them? Or is just the match you watch? Huh? Come on now, talk to me. What do they do to them? They take all of them to hotels. Hmm? You know that, right? Are you here? They take them where? To hotels. To go and stay. Or sometimes for the footballers, they take them to camps. Why? You think all those footballers that are married, if they're at home, they have match, you have a crucial derby match tomorrow. Huh? And then their wife prepared something. And then they don't like what the wife prepared. You think if they are quarreling, by the time they come and play any football, they will perform well? They won't. You know, sometimes even in football matches, they tell them not their wives and their girlfriends are not allowed to the camp until the tournament is over. Why do you think they do that? Separation. Are you hearing what I'm saying? We're looking at natural disciplines that make these people to excel. Have you separated yourself to own that vision? Listen to me. You've got to pay attention to this message. This is one of the best messages that will take your life to the next level. That discipline for the vision, you've got to own it. You've got to separate yourself and own it. It's not a vision someone is giving to you. It's not a vision you just read up somewhere. Something must ignite in your heart and you tell yourself, this is it. This is what I'm going for in life. And you stay focused on it. Praise God. You stay focused on it. So the period of separation to own your vision. The period of separation to own your vision. Got to own it. There, there was a time <laughs> this lady wanted to quit. She was tired. She called her mother and said she's coming home. Her mother said there's no space in the house for you. You can't come back. And she remembered God's word. Jeremiah 29. I know the plans I have towards you. I mean, when she was doing this thing, she was speaking in tongues. Because a time will come where you have to lean into your spiritual nerve, your spirituality, when everything in life is beginning to collapse. You have to lean to God. We'll talk about that. But there must be no room to quit in this life. Are you hearing what I'm saying? No room. You tell yourself, I'm not quitting. I'm not giving up. I'll keep pursuing the race. When we came to this town to plan our church, there were Sundays where nobody was in church. Nobody was in, 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 in church. Nobody came in. <laughs> you know, when we came in to plan the work here, it wasn't like we knew someone. Do you understand? It was like we had people. We, no, no. Or 
you know, it's not like a denominational church that knew, knew the name of the church. And then we came into town. There were many opportunities to quit. Many opportunities. And it wasn't like when we came to town to plant church, we were going from place to place so that people would know us. No, we dug our heels in. Got the job done. Dog our heels in. Got the job done. Dog our heels in. Got the job done. <laughs> Praise God. Come on, I said, Praise God. Now, um, a U.S. Navy SEAL, his name is Joko Willink, said this Discipline equals freedom. Discipline equals freedom. He, he talked about. The power of your daily routine. We're going to talk about temperature and all this. We're going to talk about this. The power of your daily routine. What do you do daily? You see, your days culminate into your years. Tomorrow is Monday. What are you going to do? He said this. He said, The disciplined athlete finds freedom because they don't let others dictate their behavior. This is important. Don't let people dictate your behavior. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Come on, I said, are you hearing what I'm saying? You see, people will cause you to give up on your goals. People will make you angry to forget your goals. You know how I can read if, if, um, if a loud music is playing, I can read. The reason is because while I was in university, uh, we had these roommates that were not born again. Hmm? And... Uh, after lectures, they will come back. Ah, man. Today, lecture, ah, we have to cool our head. Ah. <laughs> they will on. <laughs> they will on. Then, they have, then there was this, um, what do they call it now? Um, is it disc man? They used to call it a, a CD that had one loader. You know, one loader disc. Then we had a guy who had two loader. The guy who had the two loader disc was the biggest boy in the whole yard. So he, you know, he would just load album. Secular music, pam, even increased the theme because nobody else had. I mean, everybody had the rechargeable lamp. Yeah, I mean, of course, I mean, so everybody aligned to his network. So the Richard from the other room, guy increased the theme, increased and increased and increased. Her. You know, so he will bring it outside. <laughs> hey, play, and I have to read. You know, sometimes they'll play it, they'll say, ah, oh, pastor, you too read. You go die, oh. <laughs> I'm telling you. I, I told my I, I had to train myself in the midst of that and that's why today I can read anywhere I mean if you'd like play music as I I will read I'll tell you what I read I couldn't change that circumstance even if I said I wanted to play uh, messages my message I had a rechargeable lamp I'm sure if I started playing that message he would join them singing to sing that song because I mean I won't even hear in my own house but I had to train myself I didn't allow them to dictate my behavior. Many times, when people go off course, we go off course with them. But you must know, you must know that you're going somewhere. Your goal is different. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You know, sometimes people... Uh, when I go, travel or I talk with people, they're like, oh, how do you talk like this? Ah, which school did you go to? No, it's not the school. 
Teaching the way I teach, talking the way I talk, is hours upon hours in front of the mirror, practically preaching messages to myself. <laughs> if the school I went to, it was pidgin English <laughs> after the teacher left, you know, pidgin English before the teacher came, pidgin English after the teacher left, pidgin English in between if the teacher does not catch you. So it's not that we went to a school where they had, you know, good training. No, 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 a thousand times no. But you have to tell yourself. I grew up in the village and I didn't want that life for me. So I had to tell myself, listen, my life is going to be different. I had to have an, I had to have an image of where I was going. That even though my circumstances reflected something different, I had a daily discipline that led me to my goal. So you have to, you cannot subject your goals to the prevailing environment. You cannot say because all of us are this way. Everybody's misbehaving. They say, let's just join them. No. You have an end goal. You've got to pursue that end goal. And don't allow others to dictate your behavior. Why are you here? You know, sometimes you can come for a meeting like this with a friend. And the friend will disturb you. When I go to meetings, if I go to meetings with my friends, we don't sit on the same row. We're a bit matured now, but we don't sit on the same room. Sometimes I travel with my pastors, we don't sit on the same room. I'll put them here and go sit somewhere else. Because I'll tell myself, Lisa, I didn't come here to waste time. I've gone to meetings. <laughs> I've gone to meetings sometimes. I will sit there. They will say there is break. I will not go for break. I'll be going through my notes. I'll be praying. Because that's why I traveled there. I did, you know, that's why sometimes when I go for certain meetings, then towards the end of the meeting, people will be sending me to, ah, Pastor, I've not seen your picture now. I didn't go there to snap photograph. You know, you see some people, they go for meetings, right? They go for maybe a meeting. And then they go, then they will not go for shopping. <laughs> you know, I always find it, well, it's not bad, but I always find it funny. Because sometimes I ask myself, what did we come for? And you see some pastors, the last time I we went to the KCM Ministers Conference, you know, when we in a meeting. He said, oh, where's this pastor? Said, oh, he went for shopping. They are traveling tomorrow. So, and he's missing this session. Why did you go there in the first place? There's no meeting I go, go, go on that except I, I, I just forgot totally. Once I step into the meeting where I'm to learn, my phone goes off. You know, I told you this story before. Um, in 2015, Rara Copeland came to South Africa. So I went for the meeting. And I sat down. Uh, Rema College Church, Rema Bible Church in Johannesburg. And uh, a, a man came to me. He said, oh, you, you, it looks like you're, like you're from Nigeria. I said, yes. He said, wow. He said, you came all the way from this meeting. I said, yes. Then he said, ah, but that's, that's a lot of money. I said, okay. He said, ah, but you could have bought the tapes. Ah. Sorry, I, I knew I was talking to a fool. So I said, thank you, sir. So I carried my Bible. I carried everything. You know, it's a big hall. It's a big hall. I crossed, I was on this end with him. I crossed to the other end to make sure that nothing brings us together. I could have, you know how many of his tapes I had? I mean, I go to South Africa and I preach in South Africa. I went for that meeting. None of my friends knew I was in South Africa because I didn't want to get the temptation that go for this meeting and they just come and preach. I didn't want that. So none of them knew I was in town. Paid my own hotel. I came to learn. You say I should have bought the tapes. So I don't, I don't know I could have bought the tapes. You know, it's, it, you can't discuss with that kind of person. I went to the other end of the hall, marked his face. So that I know that for the next three days we don't come in contact. I didn't answer. I just said thank you, sir. And I left him. 
You can't, you can't give hunger. It has to be inborn. Are you hearing what I'm saying? I remember one meeting I went to <laughs> in school. I'm talking about the discipline for your future because I wanted to be a preacher. I, I, we had to come to Lagos for that meeting and the transport was 1,000 naira. All I had was 500. I begged them, you know, in the bus there, let me sit on the attachment. So they put foam. I sat from that place, <laughs> oh my God, to Lagos. Where was I going to stay? I did no accommodation. It was an open meeting, open air. I'll sit in my chair. I'll buy pure water. <laughs> oh God. If I think of the things I went through sometimes, to just be in certain meetings, desire, hunger. There were days I would collect tapes for my friends. And I had to return it the next day. I would listen throughout the night and copy the whole tapes in a notebook so I could have the message. So I would stay all night copying the message, writing in notebooks so I can have the message. What was happening? Separating myself to own my vision. Are you hearing what I'm telling you? Come on, are you hearing what I'm telling you? Separating yourself. If this vision is important to you, you will pay the price. My greatest struggle in mentoring people today, it looks like you, they are helping you by asking you to mentor them. It, it looks like that way. When I asked one of my mentors now to mentor me, I said, oh, I'd like you to be my mentor. <laughs> he was laughing. He said, oh, okay. And I showed him my system. Two years before I asked him for mentorship, I had bought all his messages. Over 40 to 50 messages and listened to every one of them. If I know he's preaching somewhere, I tune to the live stream. When he's done, I'll tell him, oh, thank you, sir. I learned so much from what you were preaching. I'll take notes. I'll show him. He's surprised. You know, today it looks like when somebody asks you, I want you to mentor me, it's like they are the ones doing you favor. No. No. Except you don't know what you want. Mike Mundock said, your daily routine is a picture of your future. What do you do daily? Towards that goal. You know, most times when people show me the goals they have set, I always laugh because I know very many people don't follow through their goals. The only time they're excited about their goals is when they're writing it down. After that, it's encouragement. I've tried to read now. Try. So I'm trying. Say, try some more. Say, will you try? Try some more. <laughs> you know, I got into this year telling myself I read one hour every night. It doesn't matter how tired I am. I get on one hour every night to read. One hour every night. One hour every night. I think if I missed maybe one, one, one day. So maybe I probably read 24 hours. So today's 25. But probably read 24 hours. I read one hour every night before I sleep. That's, that's not my reading time. That's my night routine. Get into bed with knowledge. Look at this. The disciplined athletes find freedom because they don't let others dictate their behavior. They don't let the natural ebbs and flow of emotions or motivation we all experience rattle their routine. So you don't allow all those emotions to, you know, I'm happy today. I'm excited about my goal. Mm, I'm going to read. Mm, I'm going to pray. Oh, I'm going to do this. And then the next day, somebody says you are a fool. And then you now spend the whole day thinking, so am I a fool? 
Mm. It's looking like I'm a fool. <laughs> I mean, and then that whole day just collapsed because somebody said you are something. Mm? But an athlete, you don't have time for that. That's why if, if you watch football, you see that even when the athletes are going to play, what do they have on their ears? They've got music or something. Everybody's focused on the match. Everybody's focused on the match. Why? You need attention to excel. If I can push this message to your core, it'll help you. That's the greatest thing I'm trying to teach my son right now. Self-motivation. Get to do it. Get to do it. Get to do it. Learn it. To be self-motivated. If you go to, if you see someone who is self-motivated on something, it's easy for others to help you. Easy. You will find help easily in life. Many people are looking for serious people to help. Let me tell you that. That's the truth. Many people are looking for serious girls to marry, or serious men to marry. That's the truth. That's the truth. Many people are looking for serious pastors to support. Who are focused on the job. Who, who are getting the job done. You know, sometimes when I look at ministers, I, I'm, I'm surprised. They're doing this, doing that, doing this, doing this, doing this, doing this, you know. <laughs> so there are some books myself and my wife will read. I read and then she reads it and then so that we're on, at the same discussion level. You know, if you're reading something and then your husband is reading something else, both of you talk and not be understanding each other. It's like you talk of Babel. So there, there are some books we're reading together now. So I was telling her something else. I'm thinking we should do this. Then she just said, and that's what I'm reading in this book now. We can't do it. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, I've not read it. He said, okay, when I finish, you will read it. You know, it just helped us to make a decision. I wanted us to do something ministry-wise. And I said, no, this book I'm reading, if we do that, it will not work. That's what I'm, I'm saying. Oh, I said, okay. You see, there are many mistakes you're making that are locked up in materials already. You are expecting God to tell you when men have written it down. God will not teach you what is available. Many mistakes you make. The Bible is here to guide you. Now look at this. So, to block out the noise and distraction that surround you, you must build a wall of consistency, one brick at a time. Block out distraction this year. Are you hearing what I'm saying? This is 2021. Block out the distraction. Block out distraction. One brick at a time. You're consistent. You've got Monday. For the end of this year, you're consistent. Make up your mind. You're going to come for these meetings monthly. As we set them. Don't, don't, yeah, when I feel like coming. No, come. My younger sister sent me a message the other day. She said, oh, uh, uh, all the things. Because that, this is how I started. I, I used to gather my younger sisters and other young people. So if I tell you my younger sister, you can, you can tell how small we were all that time. I would read books, I would write lessons, I would be teaching them. My dad didn't ordain me as a youth pastor. I just, I organized youth myself until he now said, okay, you push, should just be the youth fellowship. It wasn't like, come and be youth pastor. Because I sat in, the, in our youth church one day, I, saw, I mean, God bless our youth pastor. The man was talking. I just said, this one, I've read a lot. I'm like, the guy was not inspiring me. So I said, okay, no problem. All the things I'm reading, I'll just gather my sisters, her friends. I'll just gather some youth. And we just started, maybe like four or five. Started teaching them every Sunday evening. 
Every Sunday, I'll teach them. They were inviting their friends. That's how, until what I was doing, I grew the main church youth. So, when they now call for youth meeting, they will not be asking, is it the one uh, Maxwell is teaching? Say, no, sir, I don't need to go now. <laughs> you know, until my dad now said, okay, you people should now become the youth fellowship. That's how we started. When I started our youth camp, it was not the church that said, go and do youth camp. Other youth from other churches were coming, and I said, okay, we'll start youth camp. And that's how we started the youth camp. I've never for once waited in my life for someone to give me a platform. I always have created platforms. First time I came into the town and I said, okay, I want to launch something in the town. We started girls and guys. We're doing it to Hotel Tel Aviv here. We packed the place. It was full. But I'm like, no, there's a crop of people I want to reach. Because most of them was younger people that was coming. I said, no, I really want to reach the singles. And then we shot that, that platform and started Mega Singles Forum. We wanted to reach pastors. So, you see... This thing is locked up in your spirit if you have the discipline. You want to be a businessman? Go get business books. Start a business. Do business at a large scale, at a mega scale. You want to own a school? You want to serve in the ministry? Serve until people say no one has served like this. That's what Bishop David Oibo said about Bishop Abiyue. Everywhere in the world, Bishop Abiyue is respected as one of the prime number two to look at in ministry. That's how to serve. It's not that you serve with a mind of when you are going to leave. <laughs> I mean, you should leave if God tells you to leave, but whatever. I believe what we do daily is largely what will become. What is it that you do daily to get better? Your drive, your improvement. What are you doing daily? What are you going to do tomorrow? Don't waste your days. Now, there's a principle in, in, the, in, the, in, the, in the U.S. Uh, well, actually, this person is a U.S. Marine who gave this. So, there's a principle he talked about. Small bites until you increase your appetite. Too often, we get audacious with our goals before we get consistent. Break things down to daily tasks. Make them manageable and allow yourself to get comfortable with consistency. Don't just set big goals. You know, you come, you know when you... <laughs> I like one picture I used to see. It says, um, they saw this bike man, bike man trying to pull out a 9-11 from a pit. You know, I say, that's what you do when you have listened to motivational speakers. You know, when you listen to a message like this, you'll go back and say, guys, forget, I'm consistent. We will buy money. No, no, no. Say, no, don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> you hear what I'm saying? Start daily. Start daily. Just start pray 15 minutes every day. Keep at it. You hear what I'm saying? Do your confessions. I have a confession I do every, every day, three times a day. I just wrote it down for 2021. She said, in 2021, this has happened, this has happened, this has happened. I speak it daily. I'm consistent with it. It's not 10 pages. Just something on my small diary. I've always had cons- confessions, consistent confessions and prayers for the year. There are scriptures I pray throughout the year, every day. I pray them into my life. You have to develop consistency. You have to develop consistency. Then there's, a, there's an important principle he said here. He said, never miss two. What it means is, Things are going to come that will disrupt your life. Don't miss two days in a row of anything you've said you're going to do daily. You see, by the time you miss two days, by the third day, your body's already getting used to missing it. You have to start again. Do you understand what I'm saying? So let me give you an example. You said you're going to pray every day. Try as much as you can not to miss two days in a row that you have not prayed. Because when you want to start again, it's like starting from scratch. Do you follow that? Try not to miss two days of anything you want to do consistently. So you say you want to pray, you want to read. You know, sometimes I, I, I try to read 
Well, I read one hour every night before I sleep. But the, some few nights I didn't get up to one hour. I didn't just say, Ah, oh, man, I've worked today. Let me just sleep. No. I don't give myself that excuse. If you allow your body to rule you, if you read the next verse, Paul says, I put my body under subjection. If you allow your body to govern you, it will govern you to destruction. Are you hearing what I'm saying? If you allow your body to govern you, it will govern you to destruction. Paul says, I buffet my body. I'm not doing shadow boxing. I put my body down and I say, body, this is what you will do. One of the things I told myself this year, nobody is going to make me sad. Nobody is going to make me complain all the time I go. I mean, sometimes some things are happening, I just look at myself. When you guys are sorted, you sort yourself. I'm on my go. Because I don't, I don't have room for distraction this year. It's too costly. I don't have time to play. I don't have that time. If you want to fit in, fit in. If you don't want to fit in, it's fine. You see, ultimately, let me tell you, ultimately, our life is our life. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Your life is your life. Even if you're married and you have children and you have, it's your life. And ultimately, it's your life. So you have to also own it. Now, what are some of the areas we need to look at? Spiritual life. Your spiritual life. Your spiritual life. Take responsibility for your spiritual growth. Don't let your spiritual life be where it was last year. Praise God. Wow. Time is gone. Don't let your spiritual life be where it was what? Last year. Get these messages. They are free. Huh? Free. They are free messages. I listen to one message at, at minimum of one message every, every day. So, if I've listened to... I mean, if you listen to one message every day, listen to messages. Hmm? Every week I select messages I need to listen to. So I listen to them all through the week. So I use Sunday night to plan my week. I have messages I listen to. I have stuff I need to read and all of that. You have settled. Grow spiritually. Pray fast. Study the word. If you belong to a good local church where you're taught the word, get a hold of your pastor's messages. Feed on them. Feed on them until that message works in your life. Until it works in your life. Praise God. So, you have to look at your spiritual life this year. All those little, little things that the devil is playing on your, on your body and your mind. Cast him out. Don't give him uh, room. Hmm? Don't start the year with all kinds of sickness. Pain here. You cast it from here to enter here. You cast it from here to enter here. No. Let the devil play on your mind all the time. You're having all kinds of thoughts all the time. Guard your mind. Feel your mind. Pray in tongues. Pray laziness out of your life. Stay strong. Stay on fire. Burn. Lead men to Christ. One of the things I say, I mean, God help me until I leave this earth. There's no day you catch me. And my fire last year was better than the one this year. No way. Thousand times no. God forbid. What kind of life is that? I used to pray. Ah, when I used to pray. Ah, when I used to read Bible. How can you say that? That's an abomination. Say when we used to pray. So what do you do now? Hmm? Ah, those days when we were serious with God. And you are saying it. You know, some of you are serious with God as you got into relationships and then they now trained you in carnality. Hmm? 
Why are you people praying? I, I know one prayer warrior that doesn't have a job. Say it's true. Then they will now be giving you blog of pastors. All the evil pastors are doing. Pastor impregnates three women. Say, see, I'm telling you now. Pastor steals church money. But they will just be showing you all those. So at the end, you just lose respect and lose these things for holy things in your life. Hmm? You just lose respect for holy things. Stay on fire for God. Burn for God. There are certain things that will not come in your life when you are on fire for God. Just burn. Keep burning. Keep burning. Don't be the one that will encourage in the things of God. Lead many to Christ. Lead many from hell into the kingdom. Don't lead men there. Set men on fire everywhere. John Wesley say, I'll set myself on fire and the world will watch me burn. Read books that will stir your heart for revival. Read books that will stir your heart for prayer. Don't just read only business books. Go read story of how people led. Oh, my, one of my dear friends, uh, Sherry Lewis. Absolutely, absolutely. A lady that inspires me. She was a medical doctor in the U.S. And then she, 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 she wrote a novel. And some young ladies got a hold of the novel in Cameroon. They invited her. She came to Cameroon. Resigned from being a medical doctor in the U.S. Started Bethel Cameroon. And then now she's relocated to Kenya. She started. Her heart is to spark revival in Africa. Now she's moved to Kenya. Beautiful woman. Beautiful woman. Doing massive work for God. Doing massive work for God. Glory to God. Doing massive work for God. Let people look at you and be inspired to follow God. Let people look at you and be inspired to pray in the Spirit. Let people look at you and be inspired for the kingdom. Paul says, they are doing this for an earthly crown, but we are doing it for an eternal crown. Praise God. The next area you need to discipline, you know, we are talking about the word temperate in all things. Exercise self-control in how many things? All things. So this is the idea. If you don't exercise self-control on one thing, that thing may lead to your downfall. So every area of your life, there should be self-control. So talk about your spiritual life. Maintain discipline. Sex. This is big in our, in our age. Because this age we are in is when our hormones are, are running. Hmm? So every time you feel like having sex, it's not that demon or you have a spiritual husband. It just shows that sometimes you are healthy biologically. And if God has given us those emotions, He's also given us the, the, the ability to, to control it. You know, I was, I was thinking today as I was praying the message in the office, I was thinking like, I didn't have so many sexual temptations in school. I, I was thinking about it in the university. And I was really like, yeah, so what was that? Why was that? I, I now realized that one of the things that contributed to that was. I was doing so much, I really didn't have, you know, that time. I mean, by the time I got to my room, I was tired, and then my friends I had were not... Yeah, I didn't have so... Well, I didn't have so much exposure. I, I, I think I'll put it that way. Because I wasn't watching a lot of films, I didn't have access to the internet, I was always there listening to messages, going to the library. I mean, feelings would come here and there, but... I mean, I had one, one tape preached by this man in... Redemption Ministries, Stephen Akiola. Ah, oh, man, that tip. 
I mean, once I'm in my room like this and I'm feeling funny in my body, I'll just put the tape. It's a revival tape. <laughs> By the time the man preached 10 minutes, yeah, I love that tape. He, because he was preaching in that message, you're talking about revivalists, Charles Wesley, and all these guys. I met him by Macpherson. You know, talk about John G. Lake, how he went to um, South Africa. I mean, I mean, in 10 minutes, you're already praying, oh God, use me. Oh God. And then you, yeah, of course, you know all those revival messages. <laughs> hmm? I think that's it happening. Um, but I. When I start feeling that way, I had the discipline to go and put that tape. I didn't now off lights and cover myself. Now wow, now wow, no. What's the person go do? What's the person go do? No, 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 no. That's not when to think of the last time you kissed. No, no. If you do that, you start praying for forgiveness shortly. You have to get up. You have to discipline your body. Hmm? Sometimes you have to come out, go to where people are. There are things that can only happen in darkness. So you've got to eliminate darkness in your life. That's why the Bible calls you a child of light. There are some visits you should not go to at a certain time. Don't put yourself in harm's way. Because I'll tell you this. 1 Thessalonians 4.4. Let's do this. Wow, time is going. Are you learning something tonight? It's very important. Because this year you must be disciplined. <laughs> First Thessalonians 4.4. 4. Look at what Paul said. For this is the will of God, that you should be consecrated, separated and set apart for pure and holy living, that you should abstain and shrink from all sexual vice. Verse 4. I read verse 3. Verse that each of you should know how to possess, control, manage his own body in consecration. Purity, separated from things profane and honor, not to be used in the passion of lust like the hidden, who are ignorant of the true God and have no knowledge of his will. He says, you know the knowledge of God's will. Let every man know how to possess his own body. Of course, when Apostle Paul wrote this, he knew that there would be a struggle in this area. So he says, you know the will of God. That you, he says, don't use your body like the hiddens do. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Come on. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You've got to talk about these things. He says, control your body. That's one of the reasons, I, well, I don't go to Instagram. I, I've got an Instagram account, but I don't go there at all. Because, I mean, when you go to Instagram, sometimes you're wondering, what is this? Hmm? All kinds of body show going on. I don't think uh, because you are a pastor, you cannot say, no, I know who I am in Christ. 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 And before you know. <laughs> nah. You have to discipline yourself. I'll tell you a story of this man. It's very sad, but listen to it. Most of you know this man called, um, what's his name? Um, Strasskan. In 2011, he was the head of the IMF fund. He was potentially said to be a challenger to Nicolas Sarkozy, the, uh, Sarkozy, sorry, the president of France then. He was supposed to be, people were, either he's going to be the head of the IMF or he was going to be the president of France. And what happened? Scandal now came that he slept with some ladies in the hotel and they charged him. 
and the allegations were so strong, he had to resign. It pained everybody because he was one of the best economic chiefs in those days. But that weakness didn't allow him to rise to the top. Are you hearing what I'm saying? I mean, I don't say this to condemn anybody. But there are many of you you know right now. If probably, I mean, like I said, I don't say this to condemn anybody. I mean, I say it with all the love in my heart. But you probably know that if you had disciplined yourself and then get involved in certain relationships all the time and had babies when you shouldn't have had babies and everything, you know you would have made giant strides. Because then you had babies for guys who didn't have an end goal. The end goal was not marriage. They just wanted pleasure. Now you have a child. They, they're not responsible to help with the child. These decisions matter. Are you, come on, are you following me tonight? And you cannot avoid those mistakes again. Sorry, you cannot repeat those mistakes again. And like Apostle Paul would say, if your body is burning you constantly, go and marry. But you know the funny thing about life. By the time you are married, after the first couple of years, most likely, They'll be calling you, come now, start day busy. <laughs> because then, the landlord is coming. Children, do you understand? I mean, some single parents can testify to that. Probably before you had the baby, it was you are always in the guy's house, always in the guy's house, always in the guy's house. Now you have a child. You now realize that, ah, this is not what I want again. How can this child go to school? How can, no, go and sleep now. It's not about go to school. You realize that the priorities have changed. So you've got to discipline yourself in that regard. Set boundaries. Okay? Any chart you know, once the chart is not going straight anymore, cut it down. Are you hearing what I'm saying? There are some questions some people should not ask you. Once they start asking you questions that are turning to the left and to the right, put a boundary. Don't just say, I want to see where he's going. And I want to see. I'm just observing him. No, don't observe. Don't observe. Where he's going, you might not like it. Hmm? Don't tempt yourself. If not before you know, your emotions have gone in. So you've got to make intelligent decisions. The next one is your food. Your food. Eat healthy. Hmm? Don't use your spoon. As a shovel to dig your own grave. Did you hear that? Come on, are you still with me? Don't use your spoon as a shovel to dig your own grave. Don't turn your stomach to a dustbin. Everything you throw. Eat healthy. You have a long way to go. Stay healthy, stay fit. Most sickness can be eliminated if people stayed healthy. Your mental life, reading and knowledge. Daniel 9.2 says, I, Daniel, understood by books. 2 Timothy 4.13 Paul said, bring the parchments. Bring the parchments. Bring the parchments. Paul was in prison and asked for books. Paul was in prison and asked for books. Get a library. Read. These things will help your life. Praise God. They will help your life. 
There are times I've stood before audiences to teach and I'm like, how did I get here? For investments in my life. Abraham Lincoln said, I'll prepare. My time will come. Are you prepared for the future? Your finances, your expenses, your investments, be disciplined in your finances. We'll do two more. Discipline in your finances. Hmm? Don't spend all you have this year. Save. Invest. Have discipline financially. A lot of people will come to you with needs. Plan your giving. Give to things that matter. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Talk to me. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Save and buy good books and go for good courses. Then your body, learn to rest. Invest in your bedroom. Hmm? That foam that once you sleep here, it will take your shape. You know there are some foam like that. If you sleep like this, it will take your shape. If you turn like this, it will take your shape. The foam is very flexible. Anywhere you go, it will, it will create a hole for you. I say, welcome, that good and faithful servant. Go and buy a new foam. Are you hearing what I'm saying? All these back players are complaining. That, ah, they are pressing me at night. No, it's your foam. The witches will not even, you know, I mean, if the witches even come and they see the foam, say, God, blood of Jesus, stay away from here. <laughs> Are you hearing what I'm saying? Buy good foam. Hmm? Go and buy proper, invest in your mattress. Spend money there. You spend money for other people. Buy a good mattress. Buy a good chair if you are reading at home. Make your house comfortable so that when you sleep, you can actually be sleeping. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Buy good pillows. Don't buy all those pillows that the difference between the pillow and the mattress is not clear. You know, you put your head, you are wondering, I already pillow there, and they are like two. Don't do that. Go and buy a pillow, 500 naira. You think you are saving money. And when you lie down, you are buried yourself. So your leg is actually up. And, then <laughs> and some of you will now use your hands to do pillow, to raise it up. And then you wake up, all your shoulders are paining you. You have to live long to enjoy all of these teachings. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Alright. Hmm? Your relationships. Hebrews 10.24. That's the last one. Hebrews 10.24. The Bible says, Let us pour one another to good works. Hmm? Don't let mosquitoes be biting you all the time. You deserve a better life. Hmm? I have, a, I have a rule in my house. When I'm sleeping, they don't wake me. Except it's very, if I'm sleeping and they wake me, it's, it's an urgent thing. They don't wake me. Because my sleep is, is priceless. <laughs> Hebrews 10, 24. Spore one another to good works. Hmm? Have friends that inspire you to do good things. That spoil you to do good things. Are you, are you learning anything tonight? I really want to talk about that thing about rest. Hmm? We need to learn it. I hear what I'm saying. Have days that you rest. Put off your phone and sleep properly. Sleep well. Stimulate one another to love and good deeds. Have rest days where you just detach. Rest, I mean, detox from social media. Put off all your notifications and just rest. Just rest. If you need to, just relax. Let your body rest. It would rejuvenate itself. Find out what can make you rest properly. Invest in it. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Come on, I said, are you hearing what I'm saying? For most of you, go and walk on your bed. Buy a proper bed. Hmm? 
And when you are sleeping, don't sleep with a pile of clothes by your side. You know, some of you, when you want to sleep, you, you know, just come and say, Ah, my daughter, yeah, you now push all the clothes hey, to one side. Then you now lie down. It's your bed, but it's like you are sharing it with clothes. You turn this way, there's a heap of clothes there. Why are you doing this service to yourself? Hmm? Sleep properly. You will need it. You realize that when that boat, there was so much wind in that boat, what did Jesus do? Jesus was sleeping inside the boat. Jesus slept. <laughs> you, you to sleep. Praise God. Father, we thank you for everyone here. Call them blessed. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Thank you for listening to Word Connect with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga. We encourage you to share this message with your friends and loved ones. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.thepastormax.ng. We would like to hear from you. Send us an email, info at pastormax.ng. Or you can call 0805-888-7575. God bless you.